All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about marijuana legalization, which is happening not in Wisconsin. We don't even talk about it in Wisconsin. Uh, haven't talked about it uh, for a while. Talked about it a little bit in secret, the state legislature did. But in Minnesota, on August 1st, essentially, legalization becomes, no, marijuana becomes legalized uh, recreationally. Uh, so everybody will be walking around smoking doobies. Actually, that's that's what I'm going to talk about with the Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger. I read the story in the Star Tribune, something about the idea of uh, there's some there's some vague language in the the bill that legalizes marijuana and whether or not uh, you could just smoke out in parks and just be walking around smoking anywhere. And uh, I think it gives the ability for you local localities, municipalities, whatever you want to call it, it gives the ability for them to ban that or restrict that or maybe keep it in that corner over there or something. So uh, not exactly sure, but we're going to talk to the La Crescent Mayor about that so we can be a little bit more exactly sure. We're also going to talk about bicycles. Uh, last time I had the mayor on, it, it came after we were sitting out in on uh, the the streets in the Crescent, watching the big pedestrian bicycle bridge go up, uh, and and just kind of like further developing a bicycle friendly area in the Crescent and beyond. The whole point of that is to expand that into Lacrosse. There's some talk about doing that to Lacrosse, building another bridge uh, for bicycles. Um, also, the I-90 bridge. There's an ability there to put a bicycle path on the I-90 bridge. They just didn't do it. I feel like a lot of people who are avid bicyclists would love to be able to go to that side of town or to on Alaska coming from La Crescent or even from Winona because I think a lot of people like to bike down the river, right? But if you want to go that way, you can't. you got to go all the way down through downtown La Crosse, which is, you know, a little bit of a, a, a hindrance for people that are just biking. And it'd be cool if you could bike over the Mississippi right there, right? Um, other thing I want to talk about, the state budget passed in Minnesota. So $17 billion budget surplus in Minnesota is what we had. Uh, while Wisconsin had a $7 billion budget surplus. So Minnesota got to uh, play with some of that a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more money to play with. But they also did things like expand marijuana legalization or or legalized it, uh, which is going to bring in more tax money uh, while Wisconsin again. I, and I, I make fun of Wisconsin because the not talking about it because the state legislature, somebody wanted, somebody wanted, and I say somebody because this is the story, wanted to talk about medical marijuana legalization in Wisconsin. And when asked who those legislators were, who those Republicans were that wanted to bring it up in committee, the either it was Robin Voss, the leader of the Assembly, or the leader of the Senate, wouldn't name names because that's how fragile it is in Wisconsin to even talk about marijuana legalization medically. Meanwhile, Iowa's got medical marijuana. Minnesota's about to be legalized recreational. Illinois legalized recreationally, Michigan legalized recreationally, Canada legalized recreationally. So it's just something that we're just we're stuck in. I don't know whatever decade you want to be stuck in when you can't legalize medical marijuana. Um, Stick it with uh, just uh, Republicans of Wisconsin. This can there a new campaign just started like in the last I think twenty four or forty eight hours. Uh, it is all about early voting. The Republicans have totally flipped now. It's all about early voting. Early voting is safe. You don't have to worry about voter fraud. Uh, it just flipped like overnight. It's 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 pretty hilarious. So the Republican Party of Wisconsin's Facebook page to beat Joe Biden and Democrats like Tammy Baldwin in 2024. We must ensure that Republican banks 
as many pre-election day votes as possible, exclamation point. We can't start 200,000 votes down on election day and expect to make it up all in 13 hours. Starting a race three minutes after the first runner is a recipe for disaster. We must encourage folks to bank their vote early. It's a very uh, weird way to say, uh, feel free to vote early when you want. Banking your vote early is just kind of funny. funny way to put it. They made a... Uh, they made a whole slogan out of it, a little picture. It says, Wisconsin, bank your vote. Bankyourvote.com. That's where they want you to go. Um, and and this is a complete flip. Uh, and, and it totally makes sense because why not early vote? It's certain, certainly more convenient than going and having to get off work or, or, or trudge into the election office before or after work. Uh, having to drive, for me, it's uh, 15 miles out of my way to go vote. Uh, during the pandemic, it was like an hour and a half uh, round trip to Caledonia, which wasn't super fun. Uh, just, yeah, you could throw your vote in the mail. Some states do only voting by mail. So why not just early vote? It's so much easier once you start to do it. It makes perfect sense. But the complete flip here and just the forgetting all the hypocrisy, like just forgetting that this is completely hypo- hypocritical from, from Republicans, uh, I've, I just feel like it should be pointed out. Ron Johnson on his Twitter page. Uh, if we're going to recapture the White House in 2024, it's critical that many Republican Wisconsinites as possible bank their votes. Same wording, right? Bank their votes before Election Day by voting absentee in person or by mail. So they don't say early voting. You notice that Republicans can't say early voting because all of you Republicans who are against early voting hear that. And it's kind of like saying socialism, I guess. It's a trigger word and you can't say it. So they've changed it to bank your vote. <laughs> It's so stupid. Uh, you can't say early voting. Um, so, so that was Ron Johnson on his Twitter page uh, just just yesterday. But uh, you know, if you go back, if you go back in time, this was the story. Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson this week raised doubts about early in-person absentee voting in Milwaukee and suggested his supporters in the city hold off from casting their ballots until election day. So that was just not too long ago. Ron Johnson was straight up. Uh, saying the exact opposite. Uh, former Governor Scott Walker, elections should be held. This is uh, uh, in 2022. Elections should be held on one day. Photo ID should be required. Ballots should be cast in person with exceptions only for military and homebound. Results should be known on the night of the election. So we have uh, uh, just a complete flip by the Republican Party, but ex- ex- with the exception of saying the words early voting, because uh, apparently that's too divisive. Uh, and and this is this is what they've, they've they have to flip because of course early voting makes perfect sense it's totally easy but you can't say it like that so it's called bank your vote anyway La Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger is coming up we'll be back all right welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM I'm Rick Solo I'm on the phone with me now is La Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger I got to get the name right you've been That's around right. long enough everybody should get your name right Mike. <laughs> And he's been the mayor. He's been the mayor a couple of times. I just got the rundown from him. He's been the mayor from 1995 to 2000 and then from 2003 to 2023. So this is like your 20th anniversary and also your like 25th anniversary, Mike. How do you do double anniversaries like that? Well, it's uh, it's been a busy year. We really have a lot of opportunities coming up for the community. We're doing a study right now uh, in our downtown to, to better connect our new hotel to the downtown uh, area of La Crescent. So that uh, that study is going on right now. 
that that also works as a way to key into the new bike uh, ped bridge that uh, that lands right in our downtown that uh, that helps us cross uh, the uh, the state highway. Well, that's a weird way to celebrate both 20th and 25th anniversaries <laughs> with studies. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. business. It's that's all right. business. Uh, yeah, I heard. I heard there were rumors you were trying to delay that bridge another year so that you could do it during these anniversaries. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how's that bridge working out? Uh, the, the, obviously, everyone that drives through the Crescent drives now under that huge bridge that's uh, for bicyclists and, and pedestrians. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone's too upset about it. No, I, I think uh, I think one of the questions that uh, that always comes up is uh, you know why do we build that bridge and. And uh, what was it? Was there a, really a need for it? Because when you drive by, you you don't really you see that huge, expensive bridge. But the key to that is that the intersection uh, upgrade that was done several years ago does not support good bike ped crossings. Right. And so uh, the DOT, because they were limited on space, um, really has a. a, a a poor, uh, what I would consider a poor crossing there. And so that helped uh, make us eligible for a better crossing at an alternative location. And so that uh, that's where the bridge came in because of the terrain along the state highway. Yeah, I mean, it, has there ever been talk? I mean, I have to drive through that intersection every day. It's not the worst intersection, but has there ever been talk about putting a roundabout there? I know we just upgraded it to the, to the dual lights and the dual left turns, but man, roundabout right there would be we get right through, no delays. Uh, well, I, I know that when the last study was done, which would have been around 2000, and the planning for that is uh, a roundabout would take more land than what is currently there with mm-hmm. this design. There's a study going on right now because they're, uh, they're going to upgrade uh, the lights uh, in La Crescent uh, in the next three years. And so there's a study going on right now with the flow of traffic through that intersection. And so there may be some changes uh, coming in the next few years. All right. Sounds good. Um, also, along along the same lines there, you you were talking the last time I had you on, and it was kind of right around the time that the, the bike bridge was, I think we were all out in the middle of the night watching it get, get put up. But, um, okay, be, aside from the Houston County, the Houston uh, bike trail, what, has there been any movement, and I guess you would have to talk to the city of La Crosse a little bit too, or I would, uh, with with a bike, a better bike trail that connects La Crescent and La Crosse, you know, along the pike? Sure. So as a result of the, of the new bridge that we have, uh, there was funding. It's uh, from uh, federal DOT funding uh, called connector funding. Uh, and so there's a bridge under design right now. Uh, for the West Channel area. The West Channel Bridge itself, uh, the width of the bike pedestrian lanes on that bridge don't meet the, the current federal requirements for width. And so an improvement there would, would require a separate bridge altogether. And so um, about 90% of the funding for that bridge has come forward to La Crosse. They have a, a certain time period to utilize those funds, and there will be, again, some matching funds that will be required by the city of La Crosse mm-hmm. or WISDOT. But that that new bridge is, I would say, is in the planning right now. Wow. So so there would be a third bridge along that 
the 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 Blue Bridges might get a, a little sister or something. This would be only at the West Channel. The main channel bridge uh, has enough width on the south uh, side okay. of the bridge to meet the requirement. Okay, the West Channel Bridge, right? Um, right. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. It would be. Yeah, it would be great. You know, the other thing that I've brought, I've I've had some bicycle uh, gurus on my show, and we've talked about I ninety and the the capacity there. That when they built that new I ninety interchange over the the Mississippi there. There was a capacity to put a bike lane on that bridge. I think maybe even kind of underneath the road. Uh, you ever you ever studied that, or have we ever sure. had any so, movement on that? So that uh, that uh, was actually a result of some pressure from the city, our city of La Crescent Planning Commission, uh, because the the area had an opportunity to uh, weigh in on the interstate bridge, and so. Don Smith, who was the chairman of the Crescent Planning Committee at that time, uh, brought up the fact that that was supposed to be a 100-year design bridge and that as time goes on uh, and more improvements are put in the area, uh, there may be a need for a bike-pedestrian bridge. And so that bridge was designed to accommodate a future attachment of a bike-ped bridge. So the city right now is working on a north and south corridor connection. So we're looking at uh, improvements south of La Crescent to try to connect to the Houston mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, bike trail. And then we're also looking at better connections going north to try to connect with Winona. The mayor of Winona is an avid bicyclist, and he wants to improve connections to other communities. And so we're in the early stages of looking at some other options going north also. Yeah, let's talk about that because very selfishly I live between uh, La Crescent and Houston. And if there was a bike path there, I've I've ridden uh, from my house to, to La Crescent or to La Crosse a couple of times on my bike. But it's pretty scary uh, knowing that everyone's on their phones. And, you know, there's enough room there for for riding your bike on the side of the road down 16. But, but still, you never know. Um, so what would that look like? What would a bike path from La Crescent to Houston connecting to the Root River Trail, I believe it's what it's called, uh, what would that look like? Correct. Would it be right alongside the road, or would it be kind of off the road? Would it be a two-lane trail on one side of the road? Well, the the, the, the study going on right now is just La Crescent through uh, Tahoka, and really the, the bottleneck uh, is going to be the Miller's Corner area, and mm-hmm. that's because – the only available property because of the elevation and then the drop to the uh, waterway is either railroad or DOT property. Mm-hmm. So uh, the funding for that study is through uh, MnDOT, the DOT. So we're hoping that the DOT will work with us to try to do some type of improvement uh, on either their property or encroach uh, slightly onto the to the rail property. Yeah, God forbid the railroad have to give up some of its real estate. They have the they have the best real estate in the country. They have all the Riverside property. <laughs> well, we've we've always heard how dangerous it is uh, uh, to be close to the rail because of uh, the speeds at which they travel and the fact that they can't control, you know, uh, spillage and things like that from the rail. So uh, that puts uh, puts us really tight. Uh, and on the DOT property. Yeah, yeah. Looking at, I'm looking at the map right now. Just that that corner there. 
Okay, so aside from that hiccup, because the the railroad obviously goes right along Highway 16 coming out of La Crescent, um, what you know, aside from that, would a trail just be alongside the road? Would it just extend the road a little bit, or would it be maybe may, would there be a barrier between the road and a bicycle trail, possibly? I, I think all of those things are open to discussion going forward. One of the things that happens in Minnesota is that there are state. Uh, trail requirements. And so depending on the funding mechanism, um, there are requirements. Uh, For instance, in Minnesota, most all of the trails that we're involved in are always paved. It's not the case in Wisconsin, but it's a requirement in Minnesota. Um, There are, again, some exceptions. We had, for a period of time, a portion of the wagon wheel trail was not paved because we had to meet some federal requirements uh, through uh, because it was a historic trail uh, for the first five years of that trail, uh, we were not allowed to have it paved. But as soon as those uh, five-year uh, period was up, we paved that trail. So that that uh, wagon wheel trail is all paved now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it, it, it sure beats dirt. <laughs> a dirt trail or whatever yeah. wood chips i mean i'm from stevens point a lot of the trails out there are the green circle it's called uh when i was in school was were wood chips and it was kind of cool for hiking and running but def- definitely not conducive to biking very well on wood chips uh we're speaking I, with uh, one of, go ahead, one go of ahead. the issues that we have is most of our trails are near the waterway and so it's really a, an advantage to us to have the, a good solid uh surface that uh that is uh, can tolerate some of the water with that we get with high water, and uh, and so uh, we're really pleased that we've got most everything paved. All right, we're speaking with La, uh, La Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger, and uh, when we come back, I want to talk about marijuana legalization. Uh, Apple Fest is coming up. We're a bit out yet, but Apple Fest is coming up, and the Minnesota state budget. I want to see uh, if he's got any opinions on the you know Minnesota seventeen point. $1 billion budget surplus we had to play with in Minnesota. So, well, we'll get his opinions on that when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Continuing our conversation with La Crescent Mayor, Mayor Mike Pellinger. We just got done talking about bicycles and bicycle trails and very selfish of me because I just want a better bicycle trail from essentially from Houston to uh, La Crescent and then to, the, to Lacrosse too, of course. And it sounds like uh, that would be in the works at some point. Any timeline on any of this, Mike? Like, I know the the, the some of this stuff you were talking. It's like some of this bike trail stuff was like decades old, right? Like trying to get some of this passed. Sure. Uh, so going back to the, the our first trail that goes through the marsh, really, uh, we started on that uh, early on in my services mayor in in back in in uh, nineteen ninety five ninety six. We started looking at options to improve connections between La Crosse and La Crescent. Uh, and and it, and it really took a long time to do that because uh, there, uh, bike pedestrian uh, is always delayed because the highway is first. So uh, because of the, the, new, the new design coming forward for the intersection, the bike ped components had to be pushed back. Okay. Yeah, and, and you were talking about, you know, having a better bicycle trail to Winona, but I I, I understand that the I-90 bridge has a com- component where you could add a bicycle trail to it at some point. Do you, do a lot of people, I don't, I'm not an av- avid enough biker, but it sounds like you might talk to or be one of those. Do a lot of people complain that we built this, you know, $100 million bridge over I-90? I can't remember exactly how much it costs. Um, and then didn't add a bicycle tr- bicycle 
like lane and then uh, everybody that wants to bike from La Crescent to, you know, that side of, you know, either on Alaska or that side of La Crosse has to go all the way around because it seems like it would have been really easy to just add that. Well, I, I think as time goes on, there may be some new needs. And, uh, and so that's why there was uh, that option built into that new bridge uh, so that as time goes on, as more bike pedestrian uh, activity occurs, that North Corridor could uh, could come in into play, um, especially uh, as improvements are made along the I-90 corridor. Uh, the I-90 corridor past the new bridge going um, east um, has some improvements uh, scheduled in the next few years. Some of those bridges will be rebuilt, and it's the, the time to look at adding some of those features to those new bridges as those are built also. Yeah, it's also funny. We kind of forgot to add like an exit ramp on that thing, right? Like I can't remember which way. If you're going one way, you can't actually, you have to go up and kind of turn around if you want to go out. Correct. (laughs) It's so silly. Um, All right, so I'm burying the lead here. Marijuana legalization, uh, recreational marijuana is going to be legal in La Crescent on August 1st. And from what I understand, you can, uh, there there will be dispensaries, but that that will probably be a year out. But how has the conversation been in the in, in like in City Hall? I know I might have the the police chief on with me here soon to talk about that aspect of it. But in terms of like, hey, maybe businesses might want to set up shop uh, selling marijuana in La Crescent. And also, I've been reading stories about like smoking weed in parks, so to speak, and it kind of being, you know, I don't. Even, is there no smoking in parks at this point with like cigarettes? Well, that's one of the issues that, uh, that that is a little bit confusing going forward, because right now uh, most areas are required to have desi- designated smoking areas, and under this new uh, bill, unless uh, cities uh, develop that uh, on their own with ordinances, uh, people will be allowed to smoke in those in those locations. So. What's a little concerning is is that we, uh, for for those people who are non-smokers uh, who don't want to indulge in uh, smoking marijuana, uh, they may have their rights um, taken away from them unless the city were to step in and create some kind of ordinance. And so that's what the city is looking at doing right now, as it as it stands right now. The the law actually went into effect July 1st, but um, there you don't really have any rights until August 1st. But the agency that's going to deal with uh, with this for the state of Minnesota um, will really not be in effect until 2025. So we have a lot of things happening very, very quickly um, with very little control in place. And so I think it's going to fall on the municipalities to take control um, to protect those people that don't want to participate in uh, in marijuana. And I, I, the, the timeline kind of sucks there when you say 2025, but that's kind of good, right? Like you have control over how you want to legislate that. That's a good thing, right? Or not? Well, it's a little bit, uh, our city attorney, uh, and I know the county attorney is, is concerned because um, some of the verbiage in the bill is so vague they don't know for sure if they have control over it 
or not. Okay. And so uh, some of this is going to be uh, an ordinance that uh, we're just going to bring forward, and it may be changed as some of the rules are uh, brought forward from the Office of uh, Cannabis Management. Okay. Regular cigarettes, can you smoke just cigarettes in parks right now? Um, you can um, on sidewalks and in other areas, but uh, playgrounds and, and those areas are, are not uh, uh, smoking uh, at this time. Okay. Uh, and that's, so we're, we're probably going to look at how we treat smoking and, and consider um, the marijuana or the cannabis uh, rules the same as what we treat uh, a smoke-free area as. Yeah, that makes that makes the most sense. Just put a comma next to cigarettes and put cannabis. I got it figured out sure. for you. Boom. And 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 that still allows people to use, um, you know, the cannabis products that are edible. Yep. Uh, without generating smoke, and uh, and so we're really not affecting those rights at that time. I'm not. I'm not like all. I'm not big into this. I talk about it like I am, but I'm not all that big into it. But is there, is there talk about businesses opening that would sell this? You can already, there's, you know, gummies and stuff that, that legislation was passed a, a year or more ago with that uh, last, you know, before the last election. But is there any talk of like businesses opening up and would they have to go, they'll have to go through like city hall, right. To, to kind of do that. Well, that's where, uh, again, we're waiting for some clarification from the state Right now, uh, there's a, a retail uh, component for every – it's based on population. So for every 12,500 people, uh, you can have a retail store. Uh, but, uh, again, there's some interpretation on that. So does that mean that there are only two allowed in Houston County? Because Houston County is about 20,000 people. Yeah. So, or, or does that mean that there could be three on this uh, in this county and uh, one less in, in Winona County because we do overlap into uh, Winona County. Part of the city of La Crescent is in the, is in Winona County oh, also. Sure. Uh, and so there is some, uh, there, there is some interpretation that, that again, our city attorney is working on to try to get resolved. So we know going forward uh, in, in that regard. That's kind of weird. They, they kind of limit the number of stores that can open. I, is that is that the case with like liquor stores too as well? Like, is there a regulation on the amount of stores like that that could be open, or stores in general? It, there is uh, on liquor stores in Minnesota. They're regulated also by population. So, for instance, in La Crescent, um, the city could have a municipal liquor store, or we can open it for public liquor stores, which we have. And I believe, based on our population, that we can only have uh, uh, four uh, liquor stores in the city of La Crescent. But that that may be changing, too. Uh, but it's the same situation for retail sales of liquor. So you can only have so many bars in a community in Minnesota also. And again, the city could opt to have a municipal liquor store that could be a retailer and then preclude any other uh, liquor sales in the in the city. Sure. But we have not done that. Well, it's 
just from what you're saying, it sounds like the regulation, you can have way more liquor stores than you would be able to have marijuana stores, essentially, huh? Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny because, like, what's the difference? Like, just have, like, just make the, make the, make them even. Like, if you're going to have it, just, just again, put a comma and put marijuana after liquor sales. Problem solved. State of Minnesota could have did that. <laughs> and, and then they would not have had to start a new, uh, Office of uh, Cannabis Management. Yeah, just uh, it have. Could have fallen under an existing uh, organization that they have and have been a little bit more simplified than what we, what we, what we have right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll let, let some legislators know. Maybe we can, I mean, there's still time to like, just, I, I feel like they could change that if they wanted to. They're going to come back in session here next year and they already have to change some other stuff. So might as well do that too. Um, uh, sticking with the state budget, anything in the state budget? Uh, there's paid family leave uh, that's in the state budget, free school lunches in the state budget. Anything that affects La Crescent in a in a negative way or in a positive way that that you see? Um, no, I I really we were again hoping for uh, some more funding for some special projects, and one of them would be our ice arena, uh, but uh, the Mighty Ducks uh, wasn't funded, so that uh, that. We again, we were hoping for that, but other than that, I think we're just glad that we have a budget going forward, and uh, and we look forward to uh, uh, some of the benefits that are in that that budget. One of them is a one-time funding for our police department, and uh, and that will help us uh, come up to speed on some of these new rules and regulations that the state has passed. Oh yeah, we're legalizing marijuana, so the the police probably have to get trained up a little bit on on some of that stuff, right? I guess I don't even know. I, I, again, I'll well, talk they, to the police chief. Maybe he'll he, be able to better t- inform me. He'll be able to tell you about it. But they set aside fifteen million dollars to train the police departments in the state of Minnesota over the next two year period of time how to identify people that are under the influence of uh, cannabis. Uh, so that'll be a new requirement uh, that. Uh, they really haven't enforced in the past. Yeah, something that happens, just probably not. It's going to be more prevalent, so they probably just need to be better apt at being able to. Yeah, because there's no there's no breathalyzer, so this is the, always the conversation: is how do you know if somebody's under the influence of drugs if you can't just give them a breathalyzer to kind of give you a hint? Uh, so yeah, that makes sense. Uh, last thing we have with uh, La Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger, uh, Apple Fest coming up. It's not coming up till September, but it's the 75th year of Apple Fest. We've been growing apples. La Crescent has been the apple apple capital of the world forever or since for 75 years. Is that how that works? Well, actually, uh, La Crescent's uh, apple history goes way back to the 1800s uh, with uh, with a gentleman uh, that that moved into the into La Crescent and uh, really. Uh, perfected growing apples north of the Mason-Dixon line. And, and so in doing that, he generated a number of varieties of apples. And, uh, and so with that, uh, La Crescent has been known as a huge uh, apple producer. Um, and, uh, and so what happened is uh, back in the, in the 1950s, uh, we thought it would be a great idea to celebrate uh our, our uh, Apple Fest, and it, it's like any other town. Uh, if you go up north, you know there there's uh, Raspberry Fest. Uh, other cities celebrate um, uh, 
some of their egg production. So apples were what we decided to uh, celebrate. So Apple Fest started La Crescent 75 years ago. We're excited about the 75th anniversary coming up. Um, first uh, uh, Apple Fest is uh, the 15th through the 17th. Um, this year we're going to have some special events that we don't ordinarily have. On the Thursday night, they're going to have a, a torchlight uh, parade, which we haven't done before in La Crescent. And, uh, and so that, that'll be a new event just for the 75th anniversary. Um, we're, we're also going to have a dedication for a, a, a monument uh, for 75 years of Apple Fest in La Crescent. It'll be on, the, on that Thursday night also. So we have some, some extra things going on. Um, we had two years uh, where all we had was a parade because of uh, COVID. So uh, I think everybody's excited about getting together and celebrating the community again. The torchlight parade, that's going to get a little dangerous, right? Because I, I get during, uh, during the day, the parade's fine. But when you're throwing apples at night at kids on the side of the road, those really you, the kids can't see them coming. And those apples really hurt when, when they get thrown from the fire trucks. Well, uh, uh, again, they'll probably have to walk and hand them out so it's safe for everybody that's participating. Does La Crescent have, like, this is the apple of La Crescent? Like, is there a, a mainstay apple? Well, there, you know, for a long time, most of the uh, posters and other memorabilia that was made uh, featured a delicious apple. But I would say that uh, Honey Gold or uh, you know, uh, the gold crisps, uh, some of the other specialty, uh, apples that have come forward now are more of a mainstay than the red, uh, delicious apple, uh, that we, uh, that we all knew for so long. What if we did something like with the city, uh, you know, everyone gets an apple tree or something like that. Well, actually there, uh, at one time there, there was a, a move to put more, uh, crab apples into the community, but everybody is concerned about uh, some of the disease that spread uh, with fruit trees, and so uh, it never it never went anywhere. Uh, there, uh, there there were a lot of people concerned about uh, uh, what what could happen if we had too many of them. That and when you mow the lawn and crab apples, they just they shoot out the lawnmower and into your neighbor's window. Correct. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we have a, we have a, a window dilemma here in La Crescent because of all the apples going through them. Anyway, that's La Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger. I, I really appreciate you st- stopping it or uh, taking some time out for us, Mike. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you very much. All right, we're going to Apple Fest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, that's going to wrap up the Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to La Crescent Mayor Mike Pellinger coming on and. Kind of giving us up, getting us up to speed on a bunch of things, but I feel like we we aren't up to speed yet on legalizing recreational marijuana in La Crescent. It sounds like they're it sounds like the state legislature is not up to speed. Left some like huge gaps and and uh, big questions in how to regulate marijuana a little bit, and when it comes to just uh, smoking in public. You can eat all the gummies you want in public, right? Like nobody's going to know. But uh, smoking is—we kind of get back to like when the the smoky ban happened, uh, like cigarettes indoors, you know, in Wisconsin and, and kind of everywhere, right? I wonder how that would go over today. I guess we'll find out. But it's a, a little bit more of a minority of people who smoke weed and and will be maybe upset if you can't smoke weed in a park. 
I don't imagine you'll be able to smoke weed on the slide in the park. But can you go to a different side of the park where there isn't playground equipment? Uh, it sounds like the easiest thing to do would just be to make it very similar to alcohol. And if you can't drink in this area, you also shouldn't be able to smoke in this area. Although smoking, a little bit more intrusive, right? Stinks. I uh, don't, don't necessarily want to be, uh, you know, doing something in the park and the guy next to you is smoking weed. And then you're trying, maybe you're trying to do the, like yoga in the park, but the guy right next to you, right next to that group is smoking a doobie. Do you call them doobies yet? I, I don't know. It's been so long since I, uh, I, I thought about or uh, even smoked weed. All it did was made me hungry. It's probably been like 20 years since I've had, eh, maybe not quite that long, but uh, the last time I did it, it uh, just made me really hungry. And then I ate a bunch of stuff that I normally wouldn't eat, like EL fudge cookies. I think I ate the whole, you know, it comes in like rows. I think I ate multiple rows of that. And then the next day I was like, hmm, those have been in the cupboard a while and I don't even like them. I don't think I need to smoke weed anymore. <laughs> so, um, also got got his uh, take on on some bicycle legislation or some bicycle plans. I guess there's no legislation there. They want they want some uh, they want some movement on that. But I'm not holding my breath on being able to bike on a trail from Hoka to La Crescent or being able to bike on a trail or over a new bridge in the city of La Crosse on the west bank of that uh, area there. Uh, but it sounds like the city might have to move on that at some point. There, otherwise, they maybe they'll lose matching funds. I'm not exactly sure how that would work. I've brought it up with the mayor a couple of times, but uh, I don't think he had all the details either. The lacrosse mayor, I should say. Um, but yeah, it'd really be nice. And I got to bring Robbie Young back on and, and talk about some of the bicycle legislation in the city of lacrosse as we tear up Second Street. And I think we're putting a what's called a bike track. Here uh, down on 2nd Street where it's a two-lane road, essentially, for bicycles. It's just going to be on one side of the road. That's what makes the most sense to me as you just put this stuff on one side of the road. Uh, back by my parents' house in Greenville, uh, they're putting sidewalks in in Greenville on both sides of the road or a bike or a walking path or whatever. And I'm just like, well, why would you do that? Just put it on one side of the road. Make the, make the trail like one and a half times as wide or twice as wide and just do it on one side of the road. And then you don't have to... Like you're just doing double work. So uh, not always the most efficient when it comes to stuff like this. But anyway, that's all the time I have for today. Thanks for listening, everybody.